Hi there, and welcome to the Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things natural and beauty, such as natural skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind the scenes stories. I am Sato Mäkinen, the founder of both Nordic as well as European Natural Beauty Awards, and I will be your host in diving into these topics. Make sure you click the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Natural Beauty Podcast. Today we have a very special guest joining the podcast, Oriol Urrutia from our partnering media BioEco Actual. BioEco Actual is a widely regarded publisher that raises awareness about organic food and cosmetics, ethical consumption and sustainability with a combined reach of 10 million impacts to readers per year with their highly engaged audience through their publications in print and digital formats, Bioico Actual, Bueno y Vegano, El Boutique Natural, and Master Organic. Oriel has a lot of interesting insights to share about organic industries, so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Natural Beauty Podcast, Oriel from Bioico Actual. Hi, Sato. Thank you. Amazing to have you. We have a lot to discuss today. First of all, I would love to say that it's been wonderful to partner with you. Maybe you could share a little bit about yourself and your background and what is Bioeco Actual, actually. Yeah, sure. It's a pleasure for us to be working with you on the on the awards. It's really a very nice project. So with Bioeco Actual, we started in 2013, 10 years ago. Uh, this year is our 10th anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And, and we started very focusing on organic food and everything that is around food regarding uh, the impacts in the environment. Um, so the publication was launched by my father, who uh, did a documentary about food uh, production, especially meat um, and also fish, and how it was produced and then all along the value chain. And that documentary led us to meet the people or some companies that did things in sort of the right way or the better way, um, so we get to know the organic sector. And after that, we launched BioEco Actual for the Spanish organic sector to have a publication that uh, makes um, divulgative content, informative content for consumers, talking about all the benefits of organic food, organic farming, etc. And during these years, uh, we have uh, been developing our media from this consumer publication, first in Catalan, then in Spanish and Catalan. In 2017, we launched our first English edition for BioFag and Bivanes. And since then, we've been developing also our international edition which is more focused on the sector. So it's a B2B publication talking about market trends, information, etc. And we continue in Spain to communicate to consumers, also have uh, some B2B publications for executives, another one for shops, and the original publications targeting consumers. And at EU level, we, we do only content for the sector. Mm. You have very interesting content, both on your website and social media everywhere and all, all different languages, like you mentioned. What about how did you pick up the cosmetics industry? Because this is something that you're also posting about and writing about. So we started from food. We are still very focused on food. But uh, since some years ago, we started also to do a lot of content on natural cosmetics, natural and organic cosmetics. First, because of course, of interest from the consumers and from the market. But also because uh, we believe that in organic stores and in, in organic supermarkets, the consumer that you've got is, is conscious and is a good opportunity to, to also have uh, cosmetics in, in shops. And also for the shop owners, because in food you are very dependent on how the market is going on, all the price 
and ingredients differences. Of course, the cosmetics industry is also having some problems with this, as, as all the sectors are, but in food, you are particularly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And for organic sector, I think it's very important to count on a nice portfolio of natural and organic cosmetics. And, and that's uh, why we started. And then we get to develop a little bit more about the contents. So we are now talking about trends and market on cosmetics through our partnerships with Natru, with Cosmos in Spain, that's CAE, uh, with Bio Vida Sana, which is a, a certification in Spain by Bio Inspecta. This allows us to get a little bit of perspective and also, of course, involve the brands that are natural and organic that try to push certification, push consumer awareness. And that's why we are also involved in, in cosmetics. Mm. And of course, food and cosmetics, they go very well in hand. And it's often very lifestyle values behind there. So it only makes sense kind of to combine both because it's our inner and outer well-being also. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I also know that the path to growth for the natural and organic cosmetics businesses is, is also out of the traditional organic sector and the traditional organic shops is, of course, in the big cosmetic stores, no? in which uh, natural and organic have to take a role. In Spain, that is happening. Maybe it's, it's slower than in, in other countries, but that is already happening. And I, I think it's a good opportunity also for the market itself. Mm, exactly. Well, you've been following this quite a while, 10 years, more or less, perhaps even longer personally. How have you seen the market change over the past 10 years and so it feels like there's been a lot of changes when it comes to perhaps still also organic food but especially in the cosmetic sector so what is your view on this so in what we work most and and the people we are most in contact are the people from the specialized sector so people that devote their work to organic and to natural products and in this channel what i've seen and even more since the covid pandemic and all the inflationary crisis is that for shops, it's absolutely essential to have a good cosmetics portfolio. I think that to catch up on the current trends like zero waste and, uh, of course, all, all, all packaging changes, the solid, also the certification, of, of course, which I think that is still something that needs to be solved by the sector and also, of course, with EU institutions. But I think that natural and organic cosmetics should have Maybe not one certification, but at least to be more clear to the consumer. But I think that a lot of advances have come these past years. I think that is uh, is important that uh, this continues to be the path to have more information for the consumer and also that the brands are more aware not only to going for claims, but also actually getting their products better for the consumer. Mm, absolutely. Of course, food has been well regulated but what we see within the cosmetics that has been a bit loophole for a long time european union of course now is doing more for this but especially when it comes to natural and organic products that where will the line be and and all this so definitely interesting talk do you think that organic industry is still a niche yeah yeah unfortunately it is because um i'm talking now about food which is the sector that we work most with but also, also, I think it's starting to happen with, with big cosmetics companies. I think we are in a moment in which um, most of the big corporations from agri-food business and, and also some in, in cosmetics are purchasing or creating their own brands in natural and organic cosmetics just to get to the what they so-called niche. 
in my, of course, I think uh, organic is not a niche, it's a need. And if we don't go for natural, we are end. It's crucial as human beings, as society, for our health, of course, for the environment. Uh, so it's, of course, a must to go for natural and organic products. So it's, it's, it's not like we have a chance. But I think that the industry is treating organic and, of course, natural as a niche. And it's treating it in food and I think it's treating it in cosmetics. And when I speak to some e-commerce, big e-commerce in Spain, they used to be, they were filled up by organic and natural products. They get acquired by some big groups and then suddenly only it's a matter of revenue and prices and margins. And I think at that point, all the holistic and yeah, all the approach that was made by founders, by people who care about the products they created, uh, sometimes it's missing, but of course, it's not, not pessimist. Eh? Of course, it's a lot of people that is working with a sort of idealistic approach, which needs to be combined with a professional view of the market. But I think that from the industry is still, from the big industry is still thinking about organic and natural as a niche. It shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we're all trying to change, right? Do you think it's then this this factor that the bigger corporations perhaps are buying smaller or making the rules that is affecting how people are adapting organic lifestyle or organic food and cosmetics. Yes, definitely. And I, and I also think that supermarkets do play a role, um, convenience stores do play a role. I think it's important that they communicate well the products that they are selling. And also, again, it's fundamental, the certification. I, I think something needs to be done in, in the cosmetics industry. And I, I know a lot of organizations and people have been working in it for, for many years. But uh, I think that from the consumer point of view, it's still very complicated. Mm. And there are many different kinds of certifications. Yeah. It's hard perhaps for one consumer to understand what is what and so on. So if there would be one universal certification or term yeah. actually to use, because we're also talking about here about natural and organic. And then, of course, people throw in things like clean beauty and things like this. So people start to get confused if you don't follow the industry. Yeah. Mm you're celebrating 10 years of BioEcra Actual this year. Which kinds of changes have you witnessed in the natural, especially also in the cosmetics industry? I mean, 10 years is a long time, so. When we started in the, in the business in, 20, in 2013, we used to go to a lot of fairs, we still go to a lot of fairs from artisans, small companies, startups, not that much startups, but people who dedicated their, their, their life to this. And at the time, I didn't recall to, let's say, a push or, or noise in, in, the, in, in the big sales channels. I think that the biggest change in these years has been the awareness about natural and organic products and also a big, big, big growth on consumer demand. So I think that all the big retailers, at least at European level, know that there is a big possibility for them if they start uh, selling organic products, organic and natural products. But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, this can make the companies to be in a niche or the directors of retail and also of the cosmetics companies at the end of the day to think that they are in a niche and they need to get out and they need to find the new consumer and they are, they, they are obsessed with finding the new consumer. And I think that is sort of a trap and it's very important not to lose the essence. But at the same way, you do really need also to, to catch new consumer. But that you do explaining your product, explaining the essence of what you do, the ingredients that you use, 
how that helps your health, how that helps the environment, not by getting us mm, the big cosmetics, non-natural, non-organic cosmetics brands. They do because you won't be able to compete with them if you do play with their role. So you have to be consistent with what you are. And I think that this change in these 10 years, so I think in 2013, not a lot of people cared about this. And now everyone is caring about this. So this definitely changed. And in terms of kinds of products, of course, we've seen the a rapid growth in solid cosmetics. We've seen a, a rapid growth in zero waste. Yesterday, I got a visit from a company in Spain that they do bottles from 500 millimeters and you use boiling water, you throw a small sachet of powder and you mix this and then you have your shampoo. And if you want to have more shampoo, you just need to buy uh, more sachets, which are way more efficient in terms of transportation. Also, of course, the ingredients are organic certified. And I think this is, it can be a change of paradigm. Also, I think this is, uh, in, in this particular case of this product, is not always so easy to implement for the consumers. But I also have seen that some retailers, particularly in Spain, which is the ones that I, I talk most with, they have interest on explaining this to the consumers. They are willing to invest on this, even it's, it's difficult for them to, to, to sell these products sometimes. And I think that this is changing. So I, I think it's, it's, it's good. There's more interest from the wider public. And perhaps it has, of course, a lot to do with the fact that climate change is a lot in the news and all these kind of topics come out more than before. So it affects on how we buy as well products. We think about packaging maybe differently, especially plastic gets a lot of talk among all kinds of customers. Going back to packaging, I think it's very important also that the whole sector, also the brands that are already natural and organic, have awareness on how they are contributing to the devastation of sea with the packaging. We received recently an article that says that from one from 0 0.1 to 1.5 of the total of the um, residues in the sea in Europe are from the cosmetics industry. So that's an, an annual estimation of 3,800 tons just in Europe. So these natural and organic brands should also think about this. If, if their essence is that important for them, I think this should be also a consideration. This is kind of perhaps a good bridge to the next topic to talk about the ethical and social consideration in a way that, of course, when we consume products so that they end up in the landfill or in the waters, they also affect all the world, the nature, the people, everything else, and how we produce the products, how, whether it's food or cosmetics. How do you see these being as part of the thought process of brands, whether it's food or cosmetics? Yeah, I, I think the ethical part is, is fundamental for a cosmetics company, particularly for a natural and organic cosmetics company. And also I think in terms of uh, sourcing, it's, it's key because some ingredients like karité, companies go to the um, sourcing countries and to the companies that are having their resources or processing them for, for their use. I think that is something that the consumer values, that the consumer wants to know where the ingredients that have been used in the product come from. And I think that is definitely also an added value from a company. So in food, we've got fair trade and, and organic to come a lot together. And I think that in cosmetics, the ethic part of the 
the product is, is, is very, very important and also to claim that because we focus a lot, as I was mentioning earlier, with uh, packaging, with how the ingredients are for your health, which is very, very important, of course, but also how the product is made. Uh, so it's, it's very important that uh, brands are aware of this and also even that they can solve the day, especially uh, the young brands or the small companies is, is very complicated but they can do steps and they can have an agenda. So I, I think that that is very important, setting five years, 10 years ag agreements with producers, having a clear scope of what they want and what they don't want. I, I think that is very important. Mm, yeah, with the cosmetics, of course, there are many, many parts to take into consideration. The product itself uh, inside, the formulation, but also the packaging and all that comes comes with it as well. But yeah, this is perhaps a subject that we talk less about in general, whether it comes. I think this has become a huge issue in the fashion industry. That is something that has been brought up lately a lot about the ethical part and everything. Yeah. But within cosmetics, you can see this talk a little bit less. Within the awards, I see that a lot of people talk about, of course, if they have very local production of of ingredients and that is of course part of this discussion as well but especially packaging where does it come from for example and, and all this absolutely absolutely and also i understand that for brands it's very 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 complicated to mm -hmm. um, find the right packaging for instance or find find the right sourcing so you get a great formulation you know that the market will like it or you feel that the market will like it and you've got so many things to to be in charge of or to to, to look for it uh, that it, it's got to be very complicated and also the packaging suppliers are not easy. Mm. What about then when it comes to different trends and innovations? You shared a little bit about solid cosmetics and things. Anything else you have observed within perhaps more in the cosmetics industry? Uh, now I was looking at Master Organic, which is a publication that we launch once a year in Spanish. And we get uh, more than 200 products from 40 different brands. It's focused on, on innovation. and. I was seeing that in this year edition, we highlighted a lot of products using cannabis. So that might be an, an interesting trend too. Mm, CBD and also CBG now. Um, yeah. Lately, that has been something something growing specifically. Yeah, yeah, interesting trend for sure. Well, if we talk about then the upcoming times, the future, the next five, ten, even more years, what do you think, how things are going to change? I, I think we are going to consolidation of the growth of the work from these past years. Mm. I think that uh, retail will stabilize and uh, in e-commerce, I think that we will continue to see more growth. Big part of the growth will come from there, also from native e-commerce brands in natural and organic cosmetics. I think also that it's a time in which for brands, it's very important to be close to the consumer. I think to do events, to present the product to the consumer is very important. And I also think that it might be that in the future, we can have a common regulation for all the sector. And that I think it would be very positive. Yeah, that would probably change the industry a lot itself as well, when this kind of things are in place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And also we need commitment from retailers. We need clear commitment, not only fulfilling the gaps from the market, but clear commitment on changing the current paradigm. That's a must, I think. Mm. 
Exactly. Well, perhaps this next question, I have a very special question for you because I know we have a lot of new indie cosmetic brands or entrepreneurs or people who are thinking of, of growing their own brand. Which advice would you give to these kind of people that are looking forward to being part of changing the industry, more perhaps talking now about the cosmetics industry and uh, to become more visible and, and start working with people and have uh, collaborations and all? I believe that having a product that solves a need no, that that's fundamental. Then put it really a lot of energy and not be sad if some important retailers or or e-commerce doesn't uh, list your product and keep 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 working on it even if that's the case. And also having very clear what's your mission and what's your essence and pursue that continuously and also not postigate yourself a lot if not everything uh, is happening as you want in terms of ethics, in terms of ingredients. Of course, you need to know what you want, but being a small company, you can't change the world. So step by step with your marks clear, but uh, start with the mission being clear, but start and step by step um, going for the processes as you want them to be. Mm. Passion is such an important key, no matter what you're doing, but especially in this kind of industry will keep the fuel on there might be somebody who's questioning your making so it's important as well absolutely it's kind of good thought that you had that you cannot save the world perhaps alone first of all but also you might not be able to get everything 100% the first time especially if you're financially limited a little bit because I know especially when it comes to packaging the options are still quite limited and Better options sometimes cost more and all this. So this is definitely something to... Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's very complete, very complicated. Mm. We don't want to share anybody that it's a complicated world, of course. <laughs> Having a business, no matter which kind, it requires work and, and passion behind and all that. But uh, that's why we're working here together, all of us, that we can lift this industry to the next level, right? Absolutely. And I mean, you have a lot of amazing articles also also to anybody, really. I mean, you shared that you have for B2B, but also to consumers or somebody who's really interested in the industry yeah. itself as well, what's happening and what's what's trending, what's new. Yes. They're very interesting articles that you, you share and, and write as well. Where can people read, follow, interact with you? So... You can read our edition at bioequactual.com slash n. That's our international edition, which is updated weekly with new content. If some listeners are from Spain or speak Spanish, we have our uh, Spanish and Catalan editions updated every day with new contents. We have now 36 external collaborators, contributors that write every month, one, two pieces for us. And we have a small dedicated team. We are six people working in Barcelona for the yeah for the natural and organic industry and for the natural and organic consumers. And of course, I encourage you to to visit our site biococtual.com and get to know better your industry. That's amazing. European wide, is it rather? Yeah. So of course, our base in Spain is our strong uh, knowledge of the market is in Spain. But we also have some external contributors from the UK, from Germany, from France, from Italy. And then, of course, uh, professionals that are from Spain, but also live abroad, which also helps us in, in different targets. We do BioEcoActual, that's for organic. We also edit a publication that's Bueno y Vegano. It's for plant-based industry, just in Spanish. And we also edit uh, El Botiquín Natural, which is a parapharmacy and pharmacy publication 
in which we in fact work a lot with cosmetics brands, natural cosmetics brands, and it's uh, being developed. So in each one of these uh, areas, we, we have contributors, but always since we started, uh, for us, everything uh, is about making diffusion of organic products, natural organic products. And since that has been our mission, no matter the channel we are, we try to send this message. So we do with all these publications. Mm, very widely how you're getting your message out there. That's perfect. Exactly what we need <laughs> on this industry. Perhaps then you also work with professionals. I mean, B2B, if somebody is interested in promoting, for example, on your channels or or do some kind of collaboration, um, what would be the best way to reach you or contact you? Or So we work with cosmetics brands and food brands, of course, uh, that want to start working in the Spanish organic industry. So we have specific market reports and, of course, our publications too, but market reports um, dedicated for these companies. And then at European level, we do uh, service for communications and advertising. And they can reach us at uh, biococktail.com if they enter in the website. You can see the advertising page and then you have our contact details there. Mm, exactly. Could be something quite interesting for, for a lot of these brands looking to grow. grow. So reach out to you and people can find you also online on social media such as Instagram, LinkedIn, elsewhere perhaps as well. Yeah, yeah. All, all social media. Yeah. And particularly for industry news, we have on LinkedIn, very active um, yeah, channel for us. Yeah. Exactly. So you can find BioEco Actual everywhere. I will link all the handles below in the show notes. Amazing. So you, you can start to read straight away, go after listening to this podcast. But I would like to thank you so much for joining me. And congratulations on the 10 years. Yeah, thank you very much. Long time to work for a thing. I hope you're having very great celebrations this year perhaps you already had a party or are you having later this year <laughs> yeah we celebrate in may the 10 years oh, okay so, so it's... Uh, it, it, it's already well we are celebrating all, all the year of course but yeah so i, I thank you very much uh, it's been really great to be with you here and also looking forward to get to know more about your awards absolutely the awards will be in november so cannot wait to to get this this year started and to reveal all the awarded cosmetics as well. Amazing. Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Natural Beauty Podcast. Make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes. If you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we discuss in this podcast, please share this episode. We will keep sharing all things natural and beauty, such as natural skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. Join the conversation on our social media channels, on Instagram and Facebook at European Natural Beauty Awards and at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, as well as on LinkedIn at Natural Beauty Directory. Until next week, bye-bye!